I've had so many questions saying, should law firms be on TikTok? And I have just, I I actually found it. like. What's it the was, answer, Sasha? What's the answer? The answer is... All right, on the podcast today, I have Sasha Moore. She's an established marketing director with extensive experience in developing and directing highly effective campaigns in the US and Australia. So we spoke about quite a few things. Now, those include what she does, uh, her recommended social media platforms for lawyers, her thoughts on TikTok and whether or not law firms should be using TikTok, how to use keywords to discover what people really want, why you might want to stop obsessing over marketing tactics and what you might want to do instead or what you might want to do first. Now, why integrity is really important for law firms and lawyers, how to create a marketing strategy that really works and generates profit and revenue for your law firm and a whole bunch of other things as well. Now, before we dive in, just want to let you know that uh, there are some links in the episode description. So we've got a law firm marketing plan that's free for you to download. There's a link for a coaching call one-on-one with me that you can apply for. There's some affiliate links as well for products and services that I use. So that means I'll get a small payment if you use them. So if you want to build a WordPress website, if you want to host that website, if you want to even start a podcast, there are really useful links in there. Uh, And also I've partnered up with an Australian website called Firm Checker. Now they're, they're helping lawyers get more clients online. So if you look in the episode notes, there is a link and a discount code as well. And please consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you are using. It all helps out with the algorithm and uh, maybe sh- uh, share uh, share the, the podcast with you know the people around you, your friends and your family, anyone who you think might be interested. If you've got ideas for future episodes, please also get in touch with me through legalsites.com.au. And finally, I just want to introduce myself properly. I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, a law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of LegalSites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. And in this podcast, you'll learn how to leverage the most time-efficient law firm marketing strategies to get more leads, more clients, and more profit. All right, that's enough of that. Let's get on with it. All right, apparently recording is in progress. How are you doing, Sasha? Good, and you? Yeah, very good. I just thought uh, we'd we'd kick off with uh, maybe a bit of an informal elevator pitch. So to those people listening right now, like in your own words, what exactly uh, do you do, and like what can what do you do for uh, small law firms as well? Sure. So I'm a marketing specialist and we primarily focus on financial services and the legal industry. And the reason I love those two particular industries is uh, it's it's very it's a very cluttered market. It's very uh, difficult to get traction with your audience. So therefore, the way that you go about that needs to be really considered and, uh, and, and very much on point with what an audience's expectation is. So really, taking that look at what your value proposition is and then how to connect it to the market is really what we do. So what that means in real terms is we really um, look at whichever size of financial services or legal institution, whether it's a micro boutique or whether it's corporate, we look at where they fit in 
fit in the zoo. So we look at, you know, what services do they provide to whom, what is their target market, meaning what are their clients, what does that profile look for the client? Um, is there a very specific profile or is it quite a broad profile? And most importantly, how those services then match the need of that market. And just to segue, one of the number one mistakes that people make in marketing is think that if you just have a laundry list of services, you'll engage with the client. But people don't really listen and really absorb what a laundry list is, but it do, they do observe what that means to them. So it's all about providing the solution to a challenge or an opportunity that that market will have. So from our perspective, we're constantly looking at how we can merge where an organization's coming from, what the market needs or wants from that organization, and then how to communicate that through to them via the various channels. So whether that's social media or editorial, otherwise known as publicity or, um, you know, advertising or all sorts of bits and pieces. But usually people come from the tactic first saying, oh, you know, I want to do a social media campaign, but they don't understand to whom or why or what outcome they want. And so that's where we really plug that gap between an organization and then connecting them with their end market. Mm. Okay. So how do you uh, determine what uh, maybe, uh, uh, how would you determine what a client's, how to explain it? So you're talking to one of your law firm clients. How do you actually determine what their clients really need from them? It's, um, it's a really interesting process. And I always joke with our clients that I hold the tactics for ransom until we've worked out the strategy. Mm. So you, we're not even going to be talking about tactics until we've actually had the hard conversations. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that strategy piece, and particularly when there are multiple stakeholders within the organization, if you say the one question, what do you do? Most likely every stakeholder will have a a variance of their response. And then if you dig deeper and say to whom and why, everyone in that organisation will typically have a different response. So it's really getting from the same page to start with. So what is it that you do? Why is it different? And how does it benefit your end market? Mm -hmm. And until you can really, they sound like really, really super simple questions, but actually getting everyone aligned with that is, is often a really, is a really big challenge. So before we engage with any work, um, we go through a strategy due diligence process and that looks a very seemingly really basic stuff, but it, it's amazing how contentious it can become. So, you know, what is the company's vision? What are your short, medium and long-term goals? What is your current state profile of your market? Meaning what does your market look like today? And is that representative of your future state, meaning is that where you want your markets to look in the future? And there are usually gaps, and those gaps are critical for me to understand to then make sure that we're marketing the firm in a way that is appropriate now, but also to escalate them moving forward. So once we start to really understand the true value proposition that the company has. And sometimes you have to do a bit of digging to find that out, particularly when you're in an environment of what we call parity. So if you've got two family law practices side by side in different suburbs, what is their point of difference? So how do you actually distinguish yourself from your competitors 
if you both have a similar number of solicitors, you both practice in a similar area, how do we actually then distinguish you to be different and engage you with your market in a way that perhaps your competitors aren't to give you an edge. So it's it's quite a tricky um, process. It can be quite tricky. Sometimes it's really straightforward and that's fantastic. But a lot of the time it is tricky. And the reason we get on board is firms get to a particular point, but then they don't know where to go next. And what typically happens with that is once everyone gets sick of talking about it and once everyone gets sick of talking about a strategy, they'll just try something and they'll see if it sticks and then they'll try something else. And sometimes that will work and a lot of times it won't work. And then they say, we're done with marketing. We tried it once and it didn't work and we spent a whole load of money and we've got no interest in doing it again. And where we come in, where we become involved is to make that firm really accountable to their value proposition, accountable to their market and accountable in terms of their service proposition, in terms of what they're genuinely delivering, because we can't go to market and state that, you know, a firm is going to offer X, Y, and Z, and then not have that firm deliver on that. So really a lot of time is spent in that strategy piece and, uh, is a, it is a very, it is, it is something which is quite often, is, is, as I said, it's a challenge to come up with. But once you have that strategy and once you understand the framework, the tactics become so obvious what you need to be doing. But if you do it the other way around, you're just guessing. So that's where I think a lot of law firms, financial services industry and, and others are really agnostic principle. If you start with the strategy, sorry, if you start with the tactic without really having a clear idea, it's, it's, it's a fool's game. Yeah, right. So totally agree with that. So how, uh, what's an, maybe what's an example, sorry to put you on the spot here, but what would be Go an on. example without naming anyone, like how you've differentiated or how you've, uh, clarified with a law firm, like what their point of difference is. Like you used family law as an example. I don't know if you want to use that one, but like what would be an example where you uh, where you determine what you know what makes a law firm unique? Like what could be some examples of things that are make a law firm unique? Sure, um, it's a it's it's very. Let me rephrase that in a slightly different way. A customer will tell you what makes you unique. It doesn't matter what you think makes you unique. And there will be different trends and you'll be able to see it in your sales analysis. You'll be able to see, if you look at historically the last year versus the last five years, you'll be able to see a predominance. You'll be able to see patterns of why people come to you. So that's where I like to start from the first point because there's no point saying, oh, look, you know, service is our value proposition because that's parity. Everyone expects good service. Um, I don't like to lead with price. I think that that's a very false economy um, and it, it's a very slippery slope. So um, experience of practitioners, that again is, is, is expected. So all of those areas, those superficial levels um, are very hard to quantify. It's like saying, trust me, I've got to demonstrate that trust. So what I like to do is have a look at the sales data and have that guide me in terms of what appears to be your point of difference because there will be trends. Then once we identify that trends, we can go, you know what, in the five years or 10 years that these law firms been operational, they've started here in point A, but they've actually moved quite substantially into point B and then they've stuck there. 
or their endpoint B, but then there are all of these, um, there's these little trends to suggest other or alternatives. So then there's the, the deal flow that you have or the client engagement you have will tell you what your point of difference is. So then in a very specific practice area, you can then start to own that story. So there's nothing more powerful than storytelling. And obviously there's confidentiality and so forth. So I'm not remotely suggesting that you start sharing cases, but what you can start sharing is scenarios. So rather than saying, look, we do family law, you say you start to share, say we use social media because that's sort of really where um, the conversation for many law firms is, how do I use social media? That might start to be a storytelling platform in social media. So it's not that we do family law, but it's law firm X helping with situation Y. So you're starting to tell the environments of how you've helped because then you've got an opportunity for somebody to go, I'm actually in that situation right now to then engage with you. Mm, Okay, cool. So maybe the best way to find out uh, the answers to all these questions is to get in touch with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, people think of marketing as sort of like these very vague, esoteric um, principle, but it's really not. There's so there's so so much rich data in your sales analysis. Your your sales will tell you the story. Your sales will tell you where your opportunity is. The other thing which will tell you that story is what's called um, SEO or search engine optimization. If you engage with a digital specialist who goes into your website, they'll be able to tell you the search terms that somebody types in to get to your website. Mm -hmm. So then you can see, is this a mismatch? So is somebody typing into your website criminal law, but you're a family lawyer? So it also then means that you can then get uh, an insight of where the, where what I call the opportunity gaps are. So if people are typing these words into your website and it's not reflective of your full service, it then tells you how from an optimization perspective, you need to change your website to then attract a bigger group. So particularly um, with boutique firms, I like to go under the hood with the sales data and under the hood from the website and really use that as a foundation to tell me which direction we should be going. I then like to merge that with what the practice areas are and say, where are our gaps? Where are our strengths? Where are our opportunities? Where where are we not fulfilling our full potential? And conversely, what should we be dropping? What's a distraction? So, you know, if X particular area of family law is our strength. I'm a really massive fan of hanging your hat on your strength. It doesn't mean that you can't do other areas, but what it does mean is that people know you for a very specific reason. Now, it's very counterintuitive to a business owner to say that because the immediate thing that they do is have these FOMO alarm bells going that if I don't say that I do everything, I'm going to miss out on business. But My favorite saying is you catch a bigger fish with a tighter net. And that means there is so much clutter. There is so much information. There is so much competition. If you're very, very specific about what you offer to whom, it doesn't preclude other opportunities. But what it does mean is that you get highly qualified people approaching you, which is aligned to your practice area. You'll also get people approaching you going, well, look, I know you do X, but do you also do why? So for me, it's very much about how do you attract a really aligned 
client profile that mirrors your strength of your practice area without a scattergun approach. Yeah, I like it. I like the uh, the mention of keywords and SEO. And another um, way to build upon that is to um, down. I talk about it a bit on the podcast. There's a basic keyword research tool called Keywords Everywhere. Pretty cheap. You might be aware of it. There's probably many others that would be fine, but um, tools like that can help you find uh, long tail keywords, and those are often the questions that people are typing into Google. And that's a good way to find out what on earth people actually want to know about legal problems and legal services. So, Yeah. And I think that that's exactly the point, Brennan. And it is a hundred percent what I would challenge anyone who is listening to this podcast to take on board. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you want to sell to your market. It's what your market is interested from you. And if you reverse that vernacular and you start to actually respond to the market, that's how you're going to connect with the right clients. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that phrase, long uh, tail, uh, sorry, long key, long God, tail. you tell me, long tail <laughs> keywords. I was like, it, it's, it's going around my head somewhere or other. I'm actually a really massive fan of that. So what that means, um, if you're not familiar with it, is having a bunch of different words, which are a search term rather than a single search term. And that, as you were saying, Brennan, is a really, really good way to understand exactly what your market is wanting from you. So then it's, it's a really, it's, it's, it's two pieces of the puzzle. They want this, we can provide it, let's go. Mm, yeah. And I like what you said earlier um, about uh, communicating with clients how you can solve their problems rather than just telling them what you what services you provide. Because there's a lot of um there's a lot of legal services out there that maybe the general public don't really understand. Like, you know, they the, the legal service could have a have a description, but people might not really know what that is. And they don't know if they need it unless you can explain like what problem it actually solves. And then they're like, oh, that's what I need. You know, speak speak exactly. their language. So yeah. so always, always speak to, to the solution um, because at the end of the day, one thing I really find is, you know, when when you when you're in a specialist area and you love that specialist area and you're immersed in that every single day, it's very easy to make assumptions that a everyone else is invested in that particular subject matter, and b to your point that they understand it, and most people aren't invested. They don't understand it and they're very confused about the process. So that's why I like leading with solutions that from a storytelling perspective that people can then relate to again not with any specifics and not with any privileged information but general general scenarios because that gives it color it gives it humanity and it takes it away from being just a cold service laundry list that's really hard to decipher yeah i remember when uh when you know covid hit and lockdowns came and all of that uh, fun stuff i remember uh, when the like the financial packages were being announced, you know the relief packages for various different people on the whatever web government website, it, it had a lot of case studies. So, um, so you know you could sort of read um, a case study to determine if you might be able to apply for this, you know, benefit through Centrelink. And I'm like, well, I think a lot of law firms should be doing the same thing for their services. You know, give, yeah. Don't don't name a client. Just do a you know, a, a made-up case study and someone can read that and they can go, ah, oh, that's me, I need that, um, where do I start? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the other way that I also really like um, in terms of once you understand the questions that are being asked, once you understand that SEO piece, you can then use that as a social media campaign. So if you find that there are five or 10 top questions that are being asked about your practice area, then that becomes a social media campaign. So meaning, um, you know, for argument's sake, specific area of family law. So give me, give me an example. Divorce. Divorcing people. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and so the question is um, potentially then for a social media campaign, um, not sure how to manage your divorce. Don't worry. We do. Mm. And then you click onto a page, which gives some examples of how divorces have been mitigated, resolved, et cetera, et cetera. So it's about responding to your market in a way that they 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 then actively seek you out. Yes, very good. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about social media um, more specifically, if that's all right. So I think I sure. will, uh, when I do the intro for this podcast, I might just let people know that, uh, yeah, at about, I don't know, 17 minutes or so, we'll start talking about social media platforms. I'm going to make a quick note there. Uh, cool. So um, I'd love to get your thoughts on social media platforms. So a common question I get from lawyers and practice managers is, you know, which social media platforms are working best for law firms right now? Um, you know, which ones should we be focusing on? Which ones are a waste of time? So, but I, I get the feeling there's a little bit more to it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, I have very strong opinions about social media. Um, <laughs> the reason being is it's very, it's very easy to go very off track with social media. And for me, it's it's less about dissecting each different platform because each platform, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, has a time and a place. The biggest question for practice is, is it relevant? Is it appropriate? And is does it, does it represent the firm's integrity to be using that platform? So it's funny I've had so many questions saying, should law firms be on TikTok? And I have just, I I actually found it like. What's the answer, Sasha? What's the answer? The answer (laughs) is a hard no. Okay. Hard no. There we go. Every respect. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. And the reason I find it very interesting that I get asked that question the whole time and it's an it's a reasonable question because you see this social platform flying and you see all of these millions of subscribers and people who watch it and the viral nature and it's reasonable to think well would that be something that is applicable to my business service but then you've got to look back and say as a law firm in you know commercial dispute family law personal injury or other, is this an appropriate medium for me to be talking about my service proposition? And the answer is no, because are you as a partner going to go on TikTok? No, of course you're not going to do it because it's not within the integrity of the profession nor the firm, in in my opinion. Many people will argue with me about that, but that is something I feel very, very strongly about because 
as a consumer, am I going to be filled with confidence if I see a partner of a commercial litigation firm doing a TikTok? Is that going to actually win me over as a consumer or as a business about a really serious subject matter that is causing me liability or grief, which is, you know, the foundation of a lot of legal services. Mm. So again, coming back to the firm's integrity, coming back to where your market is, your addressable mass, are your clients engaging with TikTok? Is it the right demographic? And if you look at the demographic of TikTok, it is not your professional services. It is not necessarily the people that you are wanting to necessarily engage with. It could absolutely be the answer for some firms, depending on what their their value proposition is. But for the majority of industry, um, I I would hate to see the industry degraded by an a naive integration with a platform which is not aligned. That said, there are a lot of fantastic social platforms that are connected to your market. And for instance, with LinkedIn and also with Facebook, there are ways that you can actually uh, refine your audience and speak to those markets specifically. So again, um, I do suggest that you really have a look at where where you're fishing, work out where your clients are biting, and then work out your strategy of how to best reach that that community. One thing, actually speaking of communities, that I have noticed being done very well and I know in Sydney, and I would presume that in, in other areas around the country, there are various geographic community-based Facebook groups. And that might be Northern Beaches Living, Mossman Living, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that I've noticed um, has been used very, very smartly by professional services when there's a question put out in those community forums to be recommended to speak to, again, that word of mouth, that extended word of mouth piece. So that's an example where a social media channel, which is in a, in a closed community hub, I think is a really smart idea. So, for instance, if you're, if you're based in Mossman, for argument's sake, and you're a family lawyer in Mossman, you become very um, involved with that Mossman Living Community Facebook group. And even if um, the rules of that group prevent commercial enterprise, meaning you can't advertise, if somebody says a question, do you happen to know a family lawyer, then, you know, that's an appropriate way for you to then engage with communities. So I definitely think that there's um, a lot of opportunity and a lot of scope with social channels. But again, look at look at where your market is, look at what's appropriate and make sure that no matter what the channel is, you're representing the practice with an aligned integrity that is um, that aligns with your your product service and 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 caliber of practitioner. Okay. So how can a law firm find out where their audience is? So I think a lot of it comes down to usage. So when you look at um, your say your last five years sales data, your last year, you'll have a postcode. You'll have a case reference for every matter that's come through. <clears throat> And my expectation would be quite often that there's going to be batches of postcodes. So you'll know um, that your postcode, your primary postcode set is X to Y. Sorry, I mean, so you'll which, know, sorry, I mean which like platform, not location. Oh, which sorry. platform? <laughs> uh, oh, no, that's okay. So in terms of then which platform, so if you know that you have geographic dominance in 
we'll call it Mossman because we were just talking about it a moment ago. So it makes sense if you're a family law practice in Mossman, it makes sense that most of your clients I would expect are from the local area. So then that's where you look at the community Facebook groups. That's where you do some data profiling on um, Facebook or LinkedIn or um, other platforms that you might want to be reviewing. But whichever, it, it does require research. And there are also people at, um, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn or other, who can provide that counsel. Brendan, you probably within your remit can provide that counsel as well. But it is also just looking at the hardcore demographics. Where where are these groups? How Where are they congregating? And how can I most align, most effectively reach them? Having said that, it's not a complete um, crystal clear science. That's where I think your consistency and your recency of messaging come in, meaning that you've got to be really, really consistent. You don't send out one social media post and expect it's going to dot, expect, expect it's going to generate business. It won't. You need to have a really consistent message plan. I would encourage that that's daily and it needs to be set in advance with really relevant information. Um, so it is a commitment to actually do social well. And then, of course, once you get in the swing of things, you can start responding to all sorts of different posts and this and that and the other. But what, again, I would suggest to practices that if you don't have the capacity to do this internally, there are many, many ways to skin this cat. You can offshore it. You can source a local agency. You can you can hire somebody for in a you know a few hours a week, et cetera. So if you don't have the capacity, it's essential to actually outsource this. And I would also really encourage even if partners or practitioners do have capacity that they possibly outsource it anyway because it's very different writing with a marketing lens to a legal lens. Mm. So if really, to me, it comes down to investment, you're not going to succeed in any area of marketing unless you're truly invested in seeing that positive results. And that's also about aligning with somebody who can take you on that journey and ha- can very much um, request the information that they need from you and then and then fly with that. Yeah. So yeah. it's um, it is a science. There is a lot involved with it. And as I said, I would I would definitely encourage industry to to seek out specialists who can support them in that process. And it, it's as soon as you hear specialists, you know, it, people get alarmed and they think that costs are going to go through the roof and so forth. But it's to actually manage this and to do it well and to have a very stable and sound content strategy is so economical. And particularly in comparison to other marketing mediums, uh, if you do that well, the results can be really quite substantial. Mm, yeah, absolutely agree with that. And you know, if you've really struggled to implement a consistent social media strategy and you've been struggling with that for a few years now, then uh, the odds are that that struggle will continue uh, if you try to do it all yourself. So uh, outsourcing, yeah, that might be the thing that makes all the difference. And it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a, a, a corporate um, social media agency if you're just a solo practitioner then ask around you might find out that one of your other uh, you know small business friends is uh, you know paying a, a uni student to spend you know five hours a week on their social media and that might be the the thing that 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 makes all the difference but yeah like as long should, as there's a strategy first exactly so as long as that as long as that as long that as the strategy is there 
Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, getting a strategy right and then making your facilitation of that strategy as economical as possible and as efficient as possible. But, you know, make sure you're focusing on getting that strategy right. And um, with all due respect to uni students, they're, they're not they're not going to know how to they're not going to know how to write that strategy. Hundred percent, they will know how to implement it given guidance. So, yeah. I think that's also um, a really interesting point to really to get the biggest bang for your buck to know where to um, allocate a resource and then when to have that next resource kick in. So once you've got your strategy and once you have what we call content pillars, meaning you know the the content areas you're going to speak to, the facilitation of that absolutely could be, you know, a uni student or a, you know, a digital agency or or other. The, the, the tactics will flow off the back of the sound strategy. Yeah, and be careful. Be careful who you work with. You don't want to do more harm than good because you don't want to hire someone and then they just end up posting things and it uh, gets you in gets you in trouble. So, well, and that's the thing. And the quality control and the brand reputation is really profound with social media. Once it's out there, it is out there. It can never be retracted, and that's why I also am very. You've heard me use the word integrity a few times. It's so critical because a firm's reputation, if it's broken, is very difficult to fix. And that can happen so quickly by language which is out, a message which isn't on point, um, something which isn't meant to be contentious being written in a way that is controversial or insensitive or, or other. So that's why I like to suggest to really plan out a social media strategy so you can actually see all of the content in one document for call it the week, the month, however you're planning it, just to make make sure it makes sense. Because if you're in Facebook, LinkedIn or other, and you're not really thinking it through and you're just on the fly typing, um, that's where we get involved and have gotten involved in quite a few cases of crisis PR because people have said something in a way that sounds different to their intent and then it just blows up and then our job comes comes is to come and fix it so that's not a situation it's such an avoidable situation but again it, it does require it does require thought so maybe ditch the uni student and just go straight to you <laughs> well with all due respect I think you, you get what you pay for right and you yeah. don't you want to make sure that you're absolutely getting efficiencies but you want to make sure that the person or the people who are doing that has a have a very sound knowledge in their in their art and in this situation the art that I'm referring to is strategy content distribution and scheduling awesome Sasha thank you so much is there anything that you want to say to people like if they uh, if someone was interested in learning more about you for example like how can they get in touch uh, sure. So um, feel free to search me up on LinkedIn, uh, just at Sasha Moore. Equally, my company is createdesign.com.au. Uh, more than happy to have a chat. But one thing I will close on, particularly as it relates to social media, is I very much encourage industry of any description to be cautious that what is popular is not necessarily right. So make sure that 
whatever mediums you're using to promote your practice are, are right. And what I define as right is right in terms of your integrity, right in terms of your market and right in terms of your message. Love it. That might be the, uh, that could be the teaser for the, uh, for the whole whole episode. I don't know. We'll there see. We'll go. Go. That might be that. I might just <laughs> top that and put that at the start as well. Sounded great. Sasha, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll include some links in the, you know, the detail notes of the episode so people can click on that and they can see a link for you and they can click on that and then they can get in touch with you. Great. Sounds good. Thank All you right. so much. Have a good day. You too. Cheers. All right. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Sasha Moore today. Just to remind you in the episode notes, we've got some links there so you can learn more about Sasha Moore there. Now, just to remind you again, there are links for a law firm marketing plan, a coaching call. There's affiliate links as well for products and services that I use. That means I will get a small payment if you decide to use those. So please consider having a look at that. Um, Please consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing. Uh, It helps out with the algorithm so more people can find the podcast and it just makes me makes me feel really good when I see a, a five-star review uh, and uh, please maybe tell a friend about the podcast and yeah any ideas for future episodes just get in touch with me at legalsites.com.au so that's it until next time I'm Brennan Kelso and you've been listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast all right bye for now